Have you ever had a near-death experience? Or perhaps someone you know may have had a near-death experience. Well, if so, we would love to hear your story and have you as a guest on our podcast. For more information, visit nde.world. Again, that's nde.world. We would love to hear your story. Welcome to the NDE World Podcast, where we explore the magical, mystical and spiritual world of near-death experiences. And now, Ashton Lewis and Daphne Lin. Welcome back to the NDE World Podcast. I am your host, Ashton Lewis, and my lovely co-host, Miss Daphne Lynn. Hello, Daphne. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Um, I think we do another, uh, some actual NDE reviews. That's kind of like our specialty here. We like to analyze different experiences and break down the elements and things like that. And also, any of you guys out there that's had any kind of out-of-body experience or any kind of spiritual experience or an NDE, um, be sure to go to our website, nde.world, and uh, contact us. We'd love to have you on the show, and we'll be glad to uh, share your story with others. We'd love to hear your story. Love yeah, to hear your story. Most definitely. We got some uh, stories coming up very soon that I'm really looking forward to the interviews on those. Me it is too. just amazing stories, and it's so amazing that each one of them are so different. They're so different in each one of them. There's no two alike. They are. They are. There's nothing. And, and there's there's basic elements, and that's what we're doing right now, breaking all this stuff down. But there's there's so much more to it than just on the surface. And, you know, speaking of the surface, for those of you out there who are just coming aboard and, um, you know, really learning a lot about the NDE or the near-death experience, basically it's broken down into a lot of different elements you know you, the, the near-death experience is you know the actual overall something that happened to someone that's the actual experience you know however the obe or the out-of-body experience is where it gets really mystical magical very symbolic very euphoric very blissful very otherworldly you know it's 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 um it's pretty deep stuff it really is. So some of the basic elements would be the actual, like we said, the out-of-body experience. Yeah, and the out-of-body uh, experience is not everyone has the out-of-body experience where they see true. themselves, whatever condition, where they are, looking down upon themselves. Right. Sometimes um, they do. Sometimes they do. Sometimes yeah. they don't. So that's the out-of-body experience. But the NDE is what? The overall experience is correct. Yeah, so so the main it's element amazing. that starts it off would be the OBE. You got your out of body experience, you know, typically, and you got your you know meeting other beings. You've got your life reviews. You've got your um, the tunnel. You've got your light. You've got your telepathic communication. You know, these are all elements of an NDE. Right, and that that's the pleasant side. On the uh, distressing side, you have. Um, the void, the uh, feeling right. of emptiness, total darkness, um, screeching sounds, and just different even the horrific, hellish. yeah, horrific things, and then the hellish one as well. Yeah, yeah. The part that you know you may not understand what's going on within the actual NDE that could be distressing. Right, right. 
I've I've read that even some of the pleasurable ones have been what that person deems distressing. Just some of the elements in there, even though it was a a a, a blissful event or happen a blissful happening to them, when they came back, it was it was distressful certain things or aspects of that experience because you are your own judge yes exactly and these only have specific meanings to the individual i mean we can sit and analyze them all day but they're really going to have meaning to that person you know all we're doing is just breaking down the elements so people would understand you know what these elements are within these experiences most definitely and and i've I've read even that with some of this the distressing ones um there was one account that this lady came back she she told her experience and it, it was horrific but she said it was the uh, best experience that ever happened to her because it changed. So- she had to change something in her life. That's right. So, and that's also glad. I'm glad you brought that up as uh, another part of these near death experiences, not just the actual experience itself, but you know the coming back into the body, the returning, but also the experience overall. You know, what did you learn? Like, what was the life lesson? Did exactly. You, did you yeah. bring? What did you did you bring anything back that could change your life? These are life changing experiences for the most part. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it, because whether you're a believer or a non-believer in, quote unquote, God Almighty, either way, it's going to give you that source is going to give you what you need to make your adjustments in your life. That's right. To believe if you don't believe in um, a higher power. And then those that do believe a lot of times religion, there's no religion on the other side. It's all about love. So Oh, yeah, there is it, no religion. It, there's, there's lessons in all of these experiences, and I love listening to them because of that. I can take away something from every single one of these. But I'm open to it. I have to take what resonates with me. If it doesn't resonate with me, I'll just let it go. I, I don't judge it. I just let it go. But if it does resonate, I take it and apply it in my life. Absolutely. And... These are just experiences. These are near-death experiences. You know, you can take it um, as giving it meaning. If it means something that goes on into the afterlife, yeah, I'd like to believe that myself. Uh, and there's a lot of doctors and things like that that really believe that this is a part of the afterlife. Uh, but oh, what, yeah. I, what I'm actually getting just from, you know, different people from the NDEers and the OBEers, <laughs> And, you know, the channelers and the, you know, all these people that's, you know, going back and forth, you know, and uh, talking about that afterlife or the astral world, the astral plane and the, you oh, know, yeah, and, yeah. And getting, you know, getting your vibrations to the right vibration to go over to and, you know, carry over that, into yeah. that next world. You know, it's, it's a whole different experience now learning a lot of this than it was growing up in the, you know, in the, the Baptist religion or yeah, in the this, church world. Yeah, this kind of talk was even talking about it was shame uh, you would bring shame on yourself and be condemned by the church oh yeah and others around you even your family members heresy you know, you're heresy, you are you're gonna go to hell you're not supposed to be doing that you know so this is it's very controversial you know but it, it's not really you just have to open your, mind, your mind to it yeah. and just say hey this this is not dogmatic like religions teach it is. This is not religion. Exactly. You know I mean? it's it not. has nothing to do with religion. This this is the beauty of this is what I like about it. It hits any age. Okay. Yes. Male, female, uh, any nationality. 
you know, any mm-hmm. background, any cultural background, anything. It's 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 not. Whereas religion, religion divides. It divides countries. It divides people. It divides individuals. Oh, yeah. It divides families. Um, so these NDEs, what I love about them, these experiences that we're having, is that uh, you know people are having these experiences all over the world. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, and all of us are going to have to transition. We're all, you can't get away from de- from dying or, or what we call dying or death, you know. But I do recommend, you know, to not be so afraid of death and don't give it that kind of horrific, uh, scary meaning like this is it. Oh, my God, I don't want to go. No, no, welcome it. You know, you want to welcome right. it um, and be in, be in the right mode and, and know that, hey, you, you're going to keep on going. And I believe that now and I'm understanding it more now. But you've right. got to get them vibes, get the vibes going the best that you can now. Right. And, you know, um, mentioning the Tibetan Book of the Dead in a previous episode, that actually breaks down how to make your adjustments in the death process. Yep. And um, knowing that, I heard a recent, from my, uh, a family member of mine that was there when another family member passed away, and she said that the person who was passing away saw her father greeting her as she was Welcoming passing. Yeah. So she was she was in that state of not being afraid of what was happening. She was accepting it, and the, that greeting process was there. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of the lessons in the Tibetan Book of the Dead is, you know, you do have your greeters that come yeah, for and, you. And you want to, to go in it with a really good, peaceful mode. Yeah, and I know that when a lot of those guys get to a certain age, and you know, death is is, is inevitable, uh, they actually start studying, say like the Book of the Dead, just like people study the Bible or whatever. But that way, they prepare themselves for for the afterlife. Oh yeah, and they, that's they go fine. into these altered states, and they can prepare themselves. And in the, in, you know, this they control their consciousness. You know, they control exactly. that already. So that way, when they transition, when death comes, it's already. It's just you're blinking your eye and you're just, you're going. There's no, nothing freaking out, you know, because as long as you're controlling that spirit, you're mm-hmm. controlling that body, that's going to affect where you're going to go and how things are going to be resulting in that, you know, other, other side. The next phase, yeah. yeah. You know, and I was, I was just, it just went through my mind as you was uh, saying all that about, about um, this process and the book, uh, Egyptian Book of the Dead and, uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in religion, I knew of these books, and I said, "There is no way I will even pick that book up and read that." You know, but that was that dogma of religion, indoctrination. That, the indoctrination, yeah, that I wouldn't even pick the book up. And it's a learning process. It helps you to transition. So yeah. it's an educational book well, that we can benefit from. From what I'm understanding, you know, and the ascended masters and all these greats from way back know that you know, death is just a transition. And exactly. They they actually taught you how to live and how to die, believe it or not. But right, now you yeah. take our modern times. Most people have demonized death and say, "Oh God, it's horrific. Oh, we're losing them, or they're dead, they're gone, and we never see them again." And boohoo and you know, oh, we're, um, we're conditioned over here that that's, you know, death is it. That's it, you know. But if you can understand that things go on and and, and you don't want to be sending no negative vibes when somebody passes exists. on. You want to laugh and send them that love and that joy. That's okay. that's that's going to keep them going. Yes. Okay? And, and there's um, 
several masters who have taught do not mourn for the dead because they're not really dead. They're, they just transitioned this from this realm. So we, we don't need to mourn over those that we've lost. No, not you know, at all. And you want to understand You're going to go through a grief period, of course, because we're not having the physical of them here. But you have beautiful memories, I'm sure, with yeah, all and, these and you'll And you'll hook up again. That's the exactly. thing. You know, Life continues. Yeah, that's the, that's the beauty of all this. And once you understand that you know, death is not to be feared. You know, don't fear death, and when you lose somebody, don't don't fear that you'll never see them again, or that's it. Right. You know, but life goes on; it keeps on going. You're going to be living forever and ever and ever and ever. Right. You know, you are consciousness. You are life. You right. are source. You are what we call God. You are alive, experiencing life right now. Yeah, a spiritual being is in a physical form yeah and that's the beauty of all these ndes that these, these people um break away from the physical and go over into that spiritual and that's the, the beauty of the actual nde so um i'll tell you what let's go ahead and uh since we're we're about where we're at with our timing we're going to go ahead and listen to our, our clip of the day and uh take some notes and see what we can come up with how's that sound perfect all right well let's do it you ready Reality. all righty and we are rolling I was an ROTC cadet who went through U.S. Army ROTC basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky. I graduated high school, and within a few weeks was sent to the ROTC basic training intake for that year. Training progressed fairly normally, until the third week or so. At that point, I had contracted a serious case of pneumonia. I was unable to get out of my rack one morning. I was weak, feverish, and delirious. I was coughing and bringing up pink foam. Since I missed formation, the drill sergeant came in to see what was going on. He called for a medic. Once the medic assessed me, I was sent to the base hospital via ambulance and admitted. I spent three nights in the base hospital, with daily x-rays to assess how my treatment was going. I do remember four fluids being pushed, but I have no recollection of specific antibiotics, or drugs administered. I do remember the last morning I was there. I was being pushed in a wheelchair to get an x-ray. The radiological tech looked at the film and noted both lungs involved. I remember looking at the film and thinking it looked like a bunch of nodes in my lungs that were connected by faint lines. Even with both lungs involved, I was released back into my unit. Even though I was still very ill, I managed to graduate training with my class. After the training was done, I flew back home for a few weeks, prior to the fall intake at school at the military institute. Since I was still pretty sick, I drove to the school two weeks prior to the start of classes. The trip took its toll on me. When I arrived after a couple of days of driving, I was again getting a high fever, and coughing pink sputum. After getting assigned to my room and talking to my TAC officer, Within a couple of days I was checked into the school hospital slash infirmary. It's a small facility, maybe 10 or 15 beds. I was examined, admitted, and put into a room and bed. I was hooked up to in 4, since I had severe diarrhea and dehydration. After the doctor visited, I was started on antibiotics, along with Lamotil, containing atropine. I found out that I am hypersensitive to atropine. 
I went to the infirmary in the morning. It was afternoon before I was put on the fore and given antibiotics and oral lamotyl. I was resting and went to sleep. I'm not clear on how long I was sleeping, but when I woke up it was nighttime. There was only a single nurse on staff. I realized that something was very wrong. My heart was racing, my mouth was extremely dry, and I had serious vertigo. I've never felt that way before, or since. I really felt like I was in serious trouble and possibly dying. I tried contacting the nurse's station via the call button, at least that's my recollection. I didn't get any response. I think I tried yelling for help, but again, my recollection is somewhat foggy from that entire event. After getting no response, I managed to roll myself out of the bed and hit the floor. I crawled out of the room towards the front of the infirmary. I knew there was a nurse's station there and I could get help. I dragged the four stand along with me and went on hands and knees to the station. I remember kneeling in front of the counter and getting a hand on top of the counter. I was trying to haul myself up. I watched the nurse run around the counter and got me back on the floor. I think she asked me what was wrong, but I'm not clear on what she was saying. I remember she left me and ran around the station. A bit later, she came back with a male nurse or attendant. He then went to get a gurney and with another man, they lifted me onto the gurney. They wheeled me into a room at the front of the facility. I remember it was across from the nurse's station, and had a large window that faced the station. I was becoming extremely weak and fading in and out of consciousness. I think they were hooking me up to another four, but that's the last I remember while lying on the gurney. At some point, I regained a sort of consciousness, but I had a completely different viewpoint. I was watching this activity, looking down from a point apparently below the ceiling. My viewpoint was maybe three feet behind my left shoulder, and above my body. I had a very good field of view, no tunnel vision, and I could see the entire room. I saw myself lying on the gurney. One of the male attendants was performing CPR on me, while the other male attendant was bagging me. The female nurse was leaving the room. A person wearing a blue jacket came into the room and seemed to take charge, while CPR continued being done. The feeling I had at that time was extreme calm. I felt no fear whatsoever. I felt mild curiosity as to what was going on. I remember thinking that this isn't so bad, if this is death. I'm not clear how long I was in that state, but I felt no urgency. I felt like an observer, with little attachment to what was happening below me. I still had a sense of, self, though. I was still, me, just not attached to the world. I had no sense that there were any others in the room, other than myself and the people working on me. I saw no bright light, no tunnel, etc. I woke up and found myself back on the gurney. I had an fore and monitor attached. The person in the blue jacket was in the room. I assume he was the doctor. The female nurse was also there. I can't recall if it was the same nurse, however. The person in the blue jacket explained to me that I had a serious reaction to a medication, probably the Lamotyl. He told me I was lucky to be alive. He thought it was an allergic reaction, but later I was told it was probably a hypersensitive reaction. From my recollection, 
I spent about five more days in the infirmary before being released. I was still feeling terribly weak. The cough was still very active and I made the decision that I would pass on this school year. I talked to the TAC officer and school administration, got released for the year, drove home and recovered over the next six months or so. I went back to the military institute in 1981, attended for a year and a half, decided due to some other factors that this wasn't for me, and dropped out. And we are back. Any comments, Miss Daphne? Yes, yes, most definitely. Um, one thing that I noticed was um, the, the feeling of that he was dying. And that is something we see in a lot of these experiencers is that sense of knowing it's very common and he had that feeling that he was dying yeah and then it it goes into an actual obe he, he senses mm -hmm. he doesn't have a life review or anything like that his is just a out-of-body experience right, right. yeah um, a different viewpoint from uh, below the ceiling yes exactly it was like three feet behind him and up above him so and over to his left I, i've noticed it's different for each individual which side they are connected to but he said it, he was calm and there was no fear so that's always something that you see in these experiences as, as well is that that peaceful calm no fear uh with the pleasant ones that is <laughs> yeah, absolutely now uh to go with your comment there you know this is the part that really pushes a bit beyond the just hallucinations going on in the person's head. You know, are they just having these things? Is it something medically explained? You know, they, they try to, 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 I don't want to say debate, but, you know, you, you try to share stuff with them. They want to debate about it, that, you know, it's, there's always an explanation. But a lot of this touches into the spiritual. But if, here's my point. The OBE, the out-of-body experience, look at some of the actual visual things here. Once this person went over into the out of body experience and had that different viewpoint, the uh, like you said, he had saw two male attendants. He had saw a female attendant, he, and had mentioned a couple times about the person in a blue jacket. Right. You know, so you're actually seeing these things. You're seeing the you know. So that's that's what's really cool. That's how you know it's not something just going on in your head because you're actually coming out of the body. So there is some kind of conscious awareness. Right. That's seeing other because things. Common sense tells you, you know, your eyes are closed, you're not coherent to anything. You wouldn't be able to say, okay, this person was doing this, this person was doing that, this, there was the color of this jacket or the color of the floor, whatever the case may be. There is that awareness, that consciousness of right. things going on in the room or their surroundings. I like this point right here. It says that he felt like an observer. But at the same time, with a sense of self, right? Yes. You know, so that kind of reminds me of like the uh, say, like for example, like the life reviews or something. A lot of times, you're the actual observer, and then mm -hmm. still the self, and you know, because exactly. you feel everything that's going on right. yourself and the others as well. Right. Know? And his his comment too. He's you know uh, that if this was death, it wasn't so bad. So. No. You know, I didn't say that exactly the way he did. I didn't quote it word for word. But, you know, that if this is death, you know, hey, this isn't so bad. So there was that lack of fear that's programmed into us from religions and just everything else in our world, you know, to push that fear. 
And and that's what I I love about these is there isn't fear in these. No, that's um, the beauty of it. Yeah. The sense of self where he's not attached to the world. I was had that down and you had previously commented on that on that. But uh, the sense of self, yeah, is amazing. So this was a good a little near death experience, you know, and uh there were some pretty good elements in it, but like you said, it didn't go too far over into like a an in depth. This is kind of like you said, more or less more, a, an more AB, of an OBE, a, mm-hmm. I would think. Uh yes. it didn't get into like life reviews and meeting meeting all right. these beings and all, but they, yeah. they were perceiving things from a different perspective. Right, right. And that's some of the questions on the Endurf site. Uh, they have a vast list of questions that they ask these experiencers. And um, they ask if you observed yourself from another standpoint. Um, so that is referencing to the OBE. And not everybody does have those. So that that is cool that this one was centered on an OBE. Absolutely, yeah. Um, because a lot of them start with an OBE and then kind of go into other parts More of the actual experience. But this one, yeah, like you said, it's it's mostly the OBE itself. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But even even though, I mean, he he felt as though he was dying, and that's something that we see in a lot of these experiencers' cases is that knowing or sense that they are passing. Right, it's right. very common in, in these where you can read firsthand experiences, and uh, you know these are actual medical, scientific, you know, right. experiences that uh, they've been studying this stuff for what fifty plus years, you know. But it's been going on since way back in time. It has a really, oh, yeah. really long history. Way back to Plato, from yeah. what I understand, and probably even more. Oh yeah. You know, this, that was kind of like the first experience I heard that they kind of like described it. Yeah, and you got to think about, you know, with modern technology, um, there is that more option to have these experiences because we're bringing bringing people people back. back. Whereas in the past, you know, people just really just passed away. So you didn't hear of it as often as you do now. That's true. That's true. So is it really happening or is it happening in their heads? I think it's really happening. It's got to be. My belief is that, you know. Just go back to the actual example we had earlier. You know, the OBE. You're seeing these things when you're, like you said, eyes closed, laid out, practically dead, you know, mm-hmm. on the operating table. And how is it that you can, you know, you're above and you can see your body in a lot of cases. Not all cases, but a lot of times they see the body. You see the nurses, see the doctors. Mm -hmm. describe it in detail we call this the blue shoe effect uh here on our our show in case people don't know the blue shoe effect um well why don't you share that story with them real quick and and we'll kind of comment it it was just one of the one of the experiences that i had read uh, was she uh floated out of her body up through the ceiling actually let me back up she floated out of her body into the room saw happenings going on in the hallway with her husband and the doctor um, and then proceeded to go on up out of the hospital and um, looking and looking down at the the ceiling of the hospital the roof she saw a blue shoe in a gutter up there so she told the doctors this when she returned and they were like, no, but ended up they went and checked it out. So 
it she knew that and they confirmed it so that's that's the blue shoe effect where, where you know these are confirmed cases of out-of-body experiences the blue shoe effect yeah i like that so that's why we had actually deemed it the actual blue shoe effect and that's the one thing that really keeps me interested in this knowing that it's more than just stuff going on in a person's head exactly i mean how would somebody that's four or five floors down right in a building know anything about what's going on on top of the building you know, or a mile away in some some instances. I mean, there's just it's it's like astral projection, maybe. Right, they are on, on this side of the realm, yeah. not experiencing death. So, yeah, I mean, if you can have those experiences and realize, hey, this is really happening. It's not just made up in our minds. Absolutely. So that when we speak of the blue shoe effect here on the actual NDE World podcast. We're referring to the out-of-body part of the experience. Confirmed out-of-body stuff. Yeah, where you, you go out of the body and, you know, there's been s- stories, as mentioned earlier, that people can be miles and miles away and describing things and they go back and check it and it's like, yeah, it's exactly how they described it. Exactly, yeah. You know, so. Also, um, there's those that when when they went through their NDE and are having to return to their body, they look upon their body one that's coming to my mind is there was an accident, a car accident, and she had severed her foot. Yeah. It was amputated. So and she's like, I don't want to go back to that. Don't make Ooh. me go back to that. You know, so they're seeing and knowing things before they ever return to to their body. I mean, so how would you know that if it weren't really happening? That consciousness, that life that we talk about continues on. Right, right. Well, that's that's the point, and um, it kind of reminds me of a, a, an account in Dr. Jeffrey's book, uh, The Evidence of the Afterlife. I, I'm going to kind of paraphrase this. Maybe you can help me out, but something on the lines of there was this guy who had an OBE. Uh, he died, you know, medically, clinically, or however you want to say it. And after he came to, he was telling the doctor about his experience, and the doctor told him, oh, don't worry about it. It was just, you know hallucinations, things going on in your head, you know. And uh, after the doctor left, all the nurses, like about five or six nurses gathered around the bed, said, oh, don't listen to that doctor. He doesn't know what, he talk- what he's talking about because we hear these stories all the time. We believe wow. what you're saying. Wow, that, that's amazing. Yeah, that's So that's you've got actually the medical beautiful. world, a lot of people, don't, they don't really believe in this stuff, and they don't, you know, they're looking at it from different perspectives right. and all. Yeah, and if you think about the nurses, the, the things that they hear, they're, these people have got to have some kind of spiritual something about them to have brought them already into this field, to know that they're hearing these stories and can encourage others, you know, to not be afraid or to, you know, the nurses are a special breed. They really are. They are uh, beautiful we've people. We've got two beautiful of our daughters souls. that are in the medical field, so, and, and they too are beautiful souls, so, Yeah. Absolutely. Well, looking at the clock, uh, I hate to wrap it up, but we're going to go ahead and keep everything within production time limits. So uh, any final comments there, Miss Daphne, before we wrap it up? Just be true, be you. How about be true to you? Be true to you. Yeah, Yeah, just open your mind, awareness. Be true to you because you are what you choose to be. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me, too. Okay, guys, (laughs) we love you all. Peace be with you, and until next time. Let your light shine. 
For more information about the NDE World Podcast, visit nde.world. That's nde.world.